0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Minnesota Bound podcast, the stories behind the stories. I'm Laura Shera, your host for today. And I am joined by Sarah Lyman, a clinical pet nutritionist from uh, Bonafide Pet Nutrition and Counseling. And Sarah, welcome to the Minnesota Bound podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Laura, for having me. I'm excited
0: to share some information. <laughs> I am thrilled to have you on today. I feel like the world of dog food and dog nutrition is like the wild west right now. Mm -hmm. And all of us who are pet owners, um, of course, want the best for our pets. We love our dogs and cats and all pets. Um, But when it comes to nutrition, it really can be overwhelming on deciding what is best for your particular pet because we're inundated with opinions everywhere from Of course, Instagram, social media, uh, ads and things to what your veterinary says and all sorts of stuff. So you being a clinical pet nutritionist, which I love that um, there are people like you out there, I wanted to chat with you about the world of dog food. Yeah
1: absolutely i know and it is and it's it's so overwhelming because like you said everything comes from yeah you know social media is huge there's a new food out and people are like is this what i need to feed now because yes. of this but then my vet said this or you know or you go to the pet store and they're like well this is what you should feed and so it just is just mind-spinning and you're like what do i do what is the best thing to do and yeah, and sometimes there really isn't like a wrong answer. It's really what you can, um, you know, it, a lot of times it comes down to like financial too, like what you can financially really afford to do the best for your, um, for your dog, for your animal, um, you know, cause not everybody can home cook for their pet, you know, well like yes. fancy stuff, um, you know, so, or it's convenience of, I, you know, I, I'm looking for the best um, you know, commercial dog food that I can go to the store and get. And, you know, it's really like, you're just, everybody's trying to do right by their dog. Um, and and it is, it's just so overwhelming. Um, but hopefully, you know, if I can um, share some things today that, you know, stuff to not buy, like, you know, look out for and not buy um, in the food, that might help a lot too, because there's so many uh, health issues, you know, coming out now too with dogs, um, you know, and cats too, but, but dogs, um, that it's breaks my heart. Yes. Um, I mean, and then there's always, you know, the news things that come out. So it's really, you know, people are just like, what, what, what do we do? What do I, what do I look for? What do I, what do I do? How do I do this? (laughs) Or, you know, keep them out of the veterinary office too. Like, you know, we love our vets, like veterinarians have a place, but um you know you want to keep money in your pocket sometimes and not always have to you know pay for the vet to take care of your dog for certain ailments and issues so
0: <laughs> so true and even you know the amount of we hear now and you know i have a french bulldog so they're notorious <laughs> for all of their health things but yeah um i do find that getting the diet and the food right really does help with the you know they're notorious for allergies and itchy right. paws and skin and all the things. Um, so I, I feel like that's a, a really good thing to hone in on if you can, to figure out what your dog can tolerate, um, and what works well with them. And I, you know, I, I guess even, I don't even know where to start in the conversation (laughs) of where do you begin with the dog food world. So do you, you know, from from the start of a puppy, um, a lot of times let's just go back to puppy world because when you either get a dog from the rescue, Um, Or Humane Society, for instance, Um, they're probably like, well, this is what we've been feeding him, which is I'm sure very basic. And then sometimes Mm -hmm. feeders are like, well, I feed this. And um, when I got my Frenchie bacon, um, I got the exact thing that she said she was feeding and he had, we called him the gas master. I mean, this dog... (laughs) had the most upset tummy all the time. And I was like, this cannot be right. And so I started just my journey very early with him trying to figure out what works well for his tummy. But you know, where do you start with puppies? Is it a kibble diet? Should puppies be on other home cooked or raw food like where do you start with puppies let's just right
1: and so and the funny thing with that is every um breeder tends to have their own way of feeding too um there are lots of breeders out there that have transitioned over now to um raw feeding um their dogs because that is i mean to me that is one of the best ways to feed your animal is because that's so biologically appropriate i mean you think of dogs you know they're ancestral things of of in the wild and they're eating animals like you know they're not ripping open bags of kibble in the wild to eat so by starting them off right you know on the right paw per se (laughs) is you know by eating like the fresh like raw meat or you know it could be cooked that's fine too but you know, the good carbs of the good, you know, green leafy vegetables, you know, some good berries in there. I mean, I think that is amazing. Um, And then you have, um, you know, the breeders that are using a kibble based product because maybe um, that company has either sponsored them or whatnot, and that's what they're doing. And, you know, everybody has, again, everybody has their um, own ways of doing stuff and that's fine, but, um, you know, to me, I think if you have a good mindset or if you're armed with the right knowledge and information about, you know, your nutrition for your pet, um, you can totally change that. So if a breeder is, is you know, giving the puppies kibble and, you know, you come in, you're like, oh, okay, cool, but I want to change that. You can change that. And then that will, you know, set them up for down the road and for the rest of their life as a, you know, set them up for good health. Um, you know to would I love breeders to um, you know feed the their lineage, um, if you would say, a more biologically appropriate diet? I think that would be great because maybe there wouldn't be so many maybe issues down the line, um, health issues with the puppies, with the dogs um, because they're getting you know set up right from the start with good, healthy, proper nutrition.
0: Got it. And so, you know, I, in full disclosure, I feed bacon, a combination of some gently cooked and also raw food. Nice. Um, I find that works best for him. I tried, um, I've tried a lot of different kibbles and there actually is one in particular that um, sometimes I'll sprinkle in if it's traveling, you know, with many, if you're traveling or if your dog has to go to grandma and grandpa's house to be (laughs) dog sad, it's really, I don't, I'm very careful with the raw food and making sure it's refrigerated and it's not sitting in the refrigerator for too long and it comes it goes from frozen to refrigerated per meal, that type of thing. So there is a lot of extra steps with the raw food. And yeah. but if you're sending a dog to a boarding kennel for a little bit or to hunting camp or you know, to be dog set, it's you got to really trust the people managing the food. So I find that yeah. that's kind of a a good combination but you do hear you know i've heard feedback from vets like i've seen so many dogs come in with bacteria infections or whatever from raw food and <laughs> et, cetera, et cetera, and um and but i agree with you i think it's biologically appropriate and is there a way people can like if you're just getting started because a lot of people are really um they don't even know where to begin with the raw food. Like, do oh, yeah. I have to make my own? Do I have to go buy chicken feed? Like what, I don't even know if I want to touch it. So there are, <laughs> where are the ways to like, if you want to dabble in the raw food to add it to, maybe your dog is on kibble and you want a little bit more nutrition, where would you start with that?
1: Oh, right. So, you know, thankfully there's so many amazing manufacturers now for pet food, pet treats, all that good stuff that there are some really good um, commercial Frozen raw that you could go into your local pet store, especially if you have a really good um, kind of like a holistic pet store in your area that carries you know a lot of good brands. I I love um, commercial raw pet food because you can thaw it out um, kind of the same as you would if you were preparing meat for yourself at, or your family at home. Um, you still have to take the proper precautions of hygiene, you know, making sure your stuff is clean, your hands are clean, all that stuff, but. You can go to your local pet store, um, get a really good um, commercial raw food, put it in the refrigerator to thaw overnight or so, and then you know, warm it up, reconstitute it or so with some good like bone broth or um, raw goat milk, and then serve it to your dog. And oh my goodness, I guarantee you they're going to think that that is the best thing <laughs> that you could have put down in front of them, and they probably won't ever want to touch kibble again.
0: <laughs> totally. Is there a certain amount, like the transition phase to, like, is it a tablespoon of raw? Like, how much? As you know, right? Anytime you're some of these dogs, if you're transitioning them,
1: oh um, yeah,
0: can be a little bit of a bumpy (laughs) road. There is there like a certain amount that you recommend as far as if you want to, is it two table? I suppose it depends on the size of the dog. Hello, but
1: yeah, how do you get started? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so if you are feeding, um, I'm just going to say, like, if you're feeding a kibble that is a high carbohydrate kibble um namely corn, wheat, soy, all that stuff in there. And that's that's the kibble that they've been fed. And then you're like, "Oh, I am just going to go and I'm going to buy this commercial raw and my that's what my dog is going to eat now for dinner and stuff." If you do that, their system is going to go, "Whoa, this is cool, but, you know, their GI system is just going to have, you know, you're going to be dealing with some explosive <laughs> rear end." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because like the that the it's high protein It's all this good stuff in there. And their system is just gonna be like, okay, you gotta slow down. And so anytime that I recommend a food transition, you're gonna wanna start over the course of seven to 10 days. Um, You know, you still feed that kibble, but yes, then you transition in like a very, um, you know, certain like small amount, like, you know, a quarter of the new raw or so with their, um, three quarters of their old food and, you know, for, and then you keep going up each day until you hit, you know, seven to 10 days. And if there's, no, you know, blast behind <laughs> from that or, you know, vomiting or anything like that, um, then, you know, you can continue to transition to 100% of, of the raw. But it's definitely um, you do want to take it slow because um, some dogs are just like, yeah, n- uh, no, <laughs> their system just can't handle that all that good stuff so far.
0: <laughs> well, how do you know, like, Cause I've also heard the opinion of it's too much protein. You know, the raw food is just too mm. much protein. What, what is your opinion on that? Like how much, how much protein is appropriate for, I mean, say a younger dog versus an older dog, or does it not matter? Are just dogs meant to eat? Yeah. A protein? I, and I, I okay. eat to advocate myself. I consume right. a lot of protein. So I would assume yeah. that dogs and canines can handle a lot of it, but I've just, am um, uh repeating what I've heard other people say.
1: Yeah, when you know, if you were what I like to tell um my clients or so if you're looking on a bag of the kibble, I like to have at least 30% protein on there for um the the kibble, and that's coming from like animal protein, not plant-based protein on there. Um the raw meat diets are um, you know, like yeah, more high protein because it's all like meat, animal muscle meat. There is organs in there, and I mean. To me, the higher like high protein, yes, great. And like they don't have a biological need for carbohydrates. So, I mean, higher protein, great. I mean, some carbs are good, like dark leafy greens and the berries, but get that protein up. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, so what is um, you know, what is it about raw food and the protein? So that's so that's different than a kibble that has been baked, you know, at higher temperatures and is shelf stable for a year and um <laughs> what is in raw food that is so dense with nutrition for dogs.
1: Right. So in the in the raw form of the food, you are really just getting the meat like the the muscle meat, the organ meat, um and you know, basically the the animal itself so if you're feeding, you know, um chicken, you're getting like the whole chicken, like chicken breasts in there, um, you know, chicken liver some chicken gizzards, like literally all the goodness of that animal. Whereas in kibble, they have to make those, you know, little pellets stick together somehow. So it's going to be have more of a filler in there of, you know, some type of starchy carbohydrate that's making it stick together. Um, you know, they might have chicken as the first ingredient, but it's like, okay, but but how much of that is actually like the good muscle meat of the chicken and then how much the rest is, you know, I don't know, whatever parts that they're using. Like the, it's hard to tell in the industry because of the labeling can sometimes be a little sketchy. <laughs> so with raw, true. I mean, you're getting like a meat patty. So, you know, like this is meat and you're not guessing like is this held together by, you know, corn or corn gluten meal, all that, that uh, you know
0: lack of a better word, junk. <laughs> yeah. I watched a documentary on dog food and maybe Brandon, our producer can Google what that is. I think there's only one, but it talks mm. about that there is, and I don't know if this is still accurate for today, but there is zero regulation on nutrition labeling for dog food and pet food. So the first, as you had mentioned, the first ingredient can be chicken, but there's no regulation on, um, on the percentages of what that is, et cetera. Right. Now, some of the, I think the food industry has really started to change now just because of the momentum in people really wanting to the best for their pets and the raw food and the gently cooks and, and some of the higher grade kibbles even um, are now being really transparent. It seems like with it's you know, 98% protein, et cetera, right. uh, which is helpful. But uh, if you're not really invested in kind of deep diving into labels and understanding what the nutrition profile really is, you may mistakenly be feeding your pet mostly corn or mostly wheat, as you said. Oh, yeah. Um, Right. And, you know, there's all this like food allergies and now we have grain free or, um, you know, some of it is it's. as you said, pea protein in it or legumes and things Mm -hmm. like that. And, um, in your opinion, do you think a lot of some of these allergies are really based more on the fillers and the legumes and the sweet potatoes or whatever, versus the actual meat? So, you know, everybody's like, well, my dog's ever seems like everybody's saying their dog's allergic to chicken. But when I started feeding my dog, just regular chicken breast or raw food of chicken, it was not the case. So I'm just curious on your opinion on all of that.
1: You yeah you hit the nail on the head, for, for Laura for sure for that. Where one million percent of the stuff that is in its, of in the let's say you know kibble itself. So it's like oh my ch- dog's allergic to chicken because of this. Well, we also have to take into account everything else that is in that bag of kibble too. You know there may be chicken, but there's also you know. If, if you're going with a lower quality, there's also corn, there's soy products, there's wheat, there might be byproducts, there might be natural flavoring in there. All of this stuff can cause some type of reaction um, or, uh, you know, a you know just something that like the dog is not, the system does not like. Where, you know, I tell my, my clients too, well, true food reactions, you're gonna have either like an anaphylactic shock type of, you know, reaction, Um, So, you know, severe hives, itching, that type of stuff, where an intolerance is more like, you know, you might get a little yeast infection in the ears or some scratching. Um, But if you feed them that that clean meat, like if you're just giving them like the clean chicken by itself, you know, a home cooked meal. Yeah, they're going to react completely different because they're not getting all that other weird ingredients that are going on in there and um dogs that are fed a high carbohydrate diet that includes stuff like the corn the wheat the byproducts the you know glutens all that junky stuff that's in there well carbohydrates like yeast love carbohydrates so that is going to cause those nasty yeast infections in their ears and if you don't you know correct the source of that which is the diet then you're going to keep going back to the vet, and they're just going to keep dumping on antibiotics or whatever, and you're not going to continually, you know, clear that issue without clearing that um, the source of the the problem, which is the food. So keep, that's why keeping the carbohydrates and that stuff out of their diet and feeding like the good, clean meat proteins is is key. So yeah, like when you're feeding just the chicken by itself and not like the chicken food, they're not going to
0: have those weird, itchy, itchy issues. (laughs) For sure. Got the winter blues? Start planning your summer. Plan on fun and get out in the water with your boat club. Your boat club offers boat club memberships and daily rentals with access to over 40 bodies of water and over 400 brand new boats to enjoy. Whether you want to cruise on a pontoon, create waves in a speedboat, or reel in a big one on a fishing boat, your boat club has got you covered. Unlimited boating memberships are available now, starting at just $1.99 a month after a one-time initiation. Life is better on the water. Find out more today at yourboatclub.com.
2: Hi, everybody. Ron Shera here again with another nifty story, this one about my favorite bank, the story of Star Bank. There's 10 of them in Minnesota, but here's where the plot thickens. A Star Bank is more than money. A Star Bank cares, cares about its customers, cares about the community, whether it's town parades or the kids' baseball team. Why? Because Star Banks are locally owned. They treat you right. Quite a tale, wouldn't you say? How do I know? Because Star Bank is also our bank at Ronshare Productions. Just another story with a happy ending. Star Bank, the bank that cares. Member FDIC To learn more online, go to star.bank. There's nothing quite like Minnesota winter. Whether you want to try ice fishing, ice skating, or ice boating, make sure you know the risks and how to play it safe on the ice. Measure ice thickness frequently and never go out alone. Always wear your life jacket or a float coat and have ice picks readily accessible in case you fall through. Playing on the ice can be fun, but it's never 100% safe. Learn how you can play safe before you go out. Safety is always in season. A message from the Minnesota DNR.
0: And, you know, and I, Sarah and I were chatting before we hopped on the podcast, like we're not here to, to demonize like the kibble dog food at all, because we know that obviously um, there is a point of convenience and of course budget and everything else that goes into um, feeding your dogs. And some dogs do really well on certain high grade kibbles. And some of them are, um, as we'd mentioned, are doing much better at what they put into the kibble and things like that. Um, but I always think it's just good to have a really great discussion because many people have dogs with, um, little issues here or there, or again, people want to do the best for, um, for their pet and including many of our listeners who have, um, upland bird dogs and they're very much athletes. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to chat with you too, just about what is the appropriate feeding amount for dogs that are really. You know, athletics such as bird dogs in the fall are working a lot. And do you recommend at that point supplementing with additional protein? Do you supplement with maybe a little bit of additional carbohydrates because they're running for so many hours? Like does that matter for dogs? How does what is your insight on that?
1: Yeah. So my you know, I I have two Labrador English Labradors. And, you know, while they may be a sporting dog, they are definitely couch potatoes. <laughs> so I have the <laughs> I have the opposite effect of a Labrador for most of your listeners would, you know, have probably the sporting ones where mine are just couch potatoes. (laughs) So their needs are completely different for sure. Um, But like the working dogs, you know, they have higher energy and higher protein requirements where the higher protein is going to have better muscle repair and energy levels for them. So kind of like a good clean burning, you know, fuel in their tanks. Um, and I think like a good raw diet could be beneficial because it is the lean, easily digestible protein um, that they need. Um, like the high carbohydrate laden kibble just kind of provides those empty calories and the carbs without the muscle nurturing nutrients of, you know, the protein and good fats that a either a lightly cooked home prepared diet or a raw diet would have. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that there's some some dogs out there that are a little bit pudgy. <laughs> and if they, you know, leaned out, um, on an appropriate diet, they may be able to run, um, better and perform better. Um, kind of like us humans, you know, like if we eat stuff, we might not perform our best either. <laughs> For sure. Um, and I think, you know, like the pro, like the, the proteins and stuff do need to be based on your dog's weight, um, and overall health. Cause you don't want to feed a whole bunch of you know, a giant amount to a small chihuahua, like where, you know, a Labrador is gonna be eating a heck of a lot more. Um, and your active working dogs uh, do need some more protein that should be increased by at least 50 to 100%. So, for example, like if you have a, let's say, like a 66 pound working dog, um, he's gonna need about 90 grams of protein a day. And if you have a 100 pound working dog, he's gonna to wanna to eat about 135 grams of protein per day. So if you're feeding a kibble, like that's still like a good, high quality, um, high higher protein um, kibble, you can totally supplement that with adding in some um, canned sardines like that are in water um, yes, on top no of that. No salt, right? Yeah, no, salt. no um, salt. They might, you know, have naturally occurring salt from like the sea if they're wild caught sure. um, or some good like 90% lean ground beef um, on top of that, just for some really good you know, clean burning protein on top of their, their food. Um, and I think too, that, you know, if you have a a dog that is fed, like, and I'm not you know, like saying pushing raw diets, like, because everybody is different. Um, but I'm saying like, if you had that diet fed to your dog, you know, they're going to be leaner. They're going to be healthier. They're going to be more like happier alert, um, because they're just fed like that right fuel. So they're, probably going to perform better um, you know, in the field if you need them to. Um, and, you know, honestly, I don't have experience with bird dogs. Um, because I'm, you know, like I said, I'm here in Michigan with my, you know, two chunky, not chunky, <laughs> but like couch potato lads. <laughs> um, so and they're fed the same all year round. Um, so, you know, but if they're leaning out, if you're if your dogs are leaning out a little too much because they're running a little bit too much. You know, I like just give them some sardines, give them some um, you know, some chicken thighs, some raw, you know, ground beef, like the 90% ground beef. Um, even raw goat milk. Love that stuff too. So there's lots of things that you can do to kind of supplement, um, you know, with some just some good protein in there.
0: Awesome. I bacon one of bacon's favorite snacks is sardines and water.
1: Oh, they're so Me good. They're so good for them.
0: This. It is. Yeah. And I don't ever give them the full can at once. So yeah, for sure, <laughs> like, your smell so bad, but I'm like, All right, <laughs> it's for you. I'll do it. But he <laughs> loves those sardines. Um, and to it me, sardines and fish oils. And that's the whole fish oil industry for in pet food, I think also has a variance of, it seems like ones that are probably better quality or higher quality than others. Cause you ha- now have anchovy oil, krill oh. oil, salmon oil. I mean, it kind of just is across the gamut on these fish Mm -hmm. oils. And of course, fish oil is really good for your dog and for the coat and for anti-shedding and all those things. But is there a fish oil that you prefer as a pet nutritionist or that you recommend for your clients?
1: Um, You know, so the naturally occurring source is great. So doing the sardines is amazing because they are great omega-3 source. Um, Even some canned salmon, that you can find at your local grocery store. Again, the same stuff that's still in like in water that doesn't have like oils or anything weird added to it. That is so good too. I mean, I'm sure that any dog would love to have that on top of their food. Um, But for what I do with our dogs and what I recommend, um, it's a good, um, I have a a product that I use called Ultra EFA and it's, you know, the ultra essential fatty acids and it's a good marine fish oil and Our animals, our dogs and cats have been on it for years and years and years. And the cats, I mean, their coats are just shiny, beautiful. Every, I I can't say enough good things about that stuff about adding a really, really good marine fish oil to their diets is so key because, you know, as humans too, I know that we lack omega-3s in our diet. So we know that our pets are also lacking that in their diets and also, you know, um, kibble-fed, you know, animals too, there may be omega-3s listed on that label, but as soon as you open up that bag of food, those, the oils are going to go rancid real quick. So they're not going to be viable. So adding in a good omega-3 source to that, you're going to be doing them so much good for their health.
0: Very true. And um, what about the the supplement? It's called Green-Lipped Muscle. Oh yes. There's a lot of, a lot of hype around that about it being anti-inflammatory, anti um arthritic properties for dogs that have arthritis. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, I love these things. I <laughs> I used to feed them to our dogs like the like the raw ones that you could order oh, wow. from stuff. I mean, they're crazy looking, but the dogs loved them. Um and you can also get it now in a powder form or even freeze-dried treats and they're so good. They're the that's such a rich component and source of all these I'm going to butcher this word probably but it's called glycosaminoglycans wow. G, GAGS for short we'll say okay. um and it's the principal components of cartilage um and the synovial fluid found in the joint so I mean you're getting that straight from the source uh or straight from the sea and instead of getting it from you know just a weird supplement form um you know like the uh, glucosamine chondroitin. And the dogs will love them too. I mean, even if you gave this to them as a treat, oh my goodness. I mean, you can't go wrong, but I love it. I love green lip mussels. I, the, I don't think there's enough, um, press on that yet for them, just how well that, you know, it can do.
0: You know, I didn't know that you could order them like in a can form. I've never tried that. I'll try that.
1: It's, um, you get
0: them like from like a raw
1: food supplier. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they look, you know, they're just these little green lip muscles. They look weird, but Oh, I bet you're thinking dogs would love them.
0: (laughs) Perfect. And then, um, let's talk about the, the world of digestive enzymes and probiotics for dogs Mm -hmm. because, um, two things I think in my humble opinion, and I'm not a nutritionist or veterinarian, but um, that if you, you know, you are feeding a kibble diet or et cetera, even if you're feeding the raw food diet, I would assume, um, some dogs may need some digestive enzyme help and specifically uh, some probiotic help. If you're mm-hmm. doing more of the the kibble diet, what are your thoughts on both of those items? And actually let's explain what a digestive enzyme is first. Cause I'm, we shouldn't assume that people understand what that is.
1: Right, so the digestive enzymes um, help for breaking down the proteins, fats, um, and carbohydrates in foods. And um, a lot of, so animals in general, dogs and cats, they both lack the enzyme in their salivary glands called amylase, which breaks down carbohydrates. So if you're feeding your dog, you know, a high carbohydrate kibble diet, it's probably not getting going to be breaking down all those nutrients and the carbohydrates in that food. So it's going to, you're going to have bigger poops (laughs) coming back out or some gastrointestinal distress related to that because they just cannot break down um, the carbohydrates because they lack that enzyme. So by um, adding in these digestive enzymes that help us help us and, you know, dogs and cats break down um, the proteins, fats and carbs in their diet, it can really help them digest their food and nutrients better. Um, you might have less, um, stool issues. You might have less gassiness, like you had said before with bacon. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it just really helps to break down and assimilate those nutrients in their diet. So they are actually getting, you know, what they need instead of it just kind of passing right through their system, um, and out into your yard. So it's, uh, I love them. Um, I, feed my dogs digestive enzymes every, um, day with their meals too, because I do, um, you know, I, for right now, I I do have them on a, um, a kibble diet. So I just definitely make sure that I am, you know, covering the bases of helping them to digest, um, you know, all the kibble that they can. Um, and so they can get the nutrients that they need.
0: And then, um, we're like, To get digestive enzymes, those are available because obviously humans can purchase them too on Amazon. So when we're talking about digestive enzymes, we want to make sure we're saying you get the brand that's made for pets and not humans. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's common sense, but just wanna put that out there that if you Google digestive enzymes, humans, they're very beneficial for humans too, um, specifically as we age. I'll just say this, that humans lose the ability to break down food as much as they could when they were younger. So yeah. digestive enzymes are amazing for humans, and I'd assume it would be the same um, for dogs and specifically aging dogs. Uh, but you want to buy them, of course, through a, a dog food store or pet food store.
1: Yes. Yep. They carry those as well. They should. And I also carry um, a really good digestive enzyme as well. Um, it has cinnamon in it, too. So it's, like you know, good little anti-inflammatory in there as well. But yes, um, definitely want to make sure that it's formulated for pets just because it's easier, you know, ease of dispensing it to them as well. So you know exactly like how much you're giving them um, and all that good stuff.
0: And the world of probiotics for dogs, of course, has also um, been getting a lot of attention lately. And it seems like more um, supplements are coming out on dog vitamin supplements or probiotic supplements for for dogs is do you have a thought on the probiotic world for dogs and also you know is a powder form really getting all the way through the in, um intestinal tract or is the acid in the stomach kind of breaking it all down you know do you prefer a pill form a powder form what are your thoughts on probiotics
1: yeah i love probiotics um i am huge of I'm a huge gut health um, person, um, not only for like my human self, but also for pets, too. Um, I agree. Y- yeah. I mean, <laughs> all the help we can get anymore with stuff. Um, and for probiotics with, you know, just with dogs, we'll just to say dogs, but both dogs and cats is if you've ever taken your dog to the vet for an ear infection or I don't know, for diarrhea or something, they're going to have an antibiotic that they're put on. And more often than not, antibiotics are vulgarly prescribed for pets and humans, I, I believe, in this world. So you are destroying their good gut bacteria by using the antibiotics, because anti means, you know, bad. Um, pro is good, pro-life, like the pro-life stuff for probiotics. So we want to always make sure that if we are killing off like their good bacteria, that we are going to be repopulating their guts with the good bacteria back in there because if you take away that good bacteria, then chaos ensues. Like, you're gonna have more, more infections, you're gonna have allergy issues. All, you know, just, it's it's bad news, bad news bears. Um, so I am a huge proponent of probiotics for pets. Um, I Again, I like kind of getting it from that natural source. Um, you can give your dog um, sauerkraut, but you want to make sure it's like the actual, like real fermented sauerkraut, not like that weird can stuff that you can go find in the middle of the grocery store. Oh, you want sure. to make sure, yeah, you want to make sure like there's that actual living, um, you know, bacteria, the real fermented sauerkraut. You can start giving them a little bit of that. That's a great natural source. Um, I also like fermented um, raw goat milk it has amazing um, live, you know, viable probiotics in that as well. It also contains caprylic acid, which is a natural yeast fighter. So I love, you know, suggesting that for yeasty beastie dogs that have either yeast infections in their ears or, you know, dealing with that just itchy paws stuff like raw fermented goat milk is amazing. Um, and then there's also the the powdered form as well. I don't think that you're doing... Anything wrong if you go with any route. Um, you know, I know that with the human probiotics, there's like that double-walled stuff they always like to say that's viable. Mm-hmm. You know, it passes your stomach acid so it gets into your gut, like where it actually does the best um repair. Um with dogs and cats, you know, they have a very acidic stomach because you know they can eat weird raw stuff and it doesn't affect them. Um, so I think, you know, as long as you're just feeding the good live, naturally occurring probiotics, um, in any form, just keep doing it. I think you're doing a really good job for your pet.
0: Yeah. And, you know, sometimes when we're, of course, giving our dogs medication when they need it, um, Mm -hmm. you don't probably understand that, you know, when the antibiotic kills the bacteria that. Was causing the issue. It also kills all the good bacteria. So you are starting from kind of a blank slate right. after humans or dogs have antibiotics. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes, of course, they're important. So, but the the flip side is that is there's a lot of almost what I like to call recovery work to be done on the backside of rebuilding the culture of healthy probiotics in in our systems if we go on antibiotics and also our pets.
1: Oh yes, one hundred percent.
0: So yeah, those are all. Great tips. I've myself have tried multiple different probiotics for bacon from the raw goat milk to yeah. the powdered form to um some of it they're coming like some chewy supplement things. And of yeah. course, all depends on many of us travel with our pets. So if you're on the road, um, of course, powdered form works. And um if you're at home, it's easy to keep the the raw goat milk. But I've had to kind of dabble in the raw goat milk. If you add too much of that, at least for my dog. Um, that was not necessarily the best scenario either. <laughs> yeah. so I was like, okay, tablespoon at a time with the goat milk for my right. sensitive stomached uh, dog that I have, but, um, <laughs> it does seem to help with, um, with the, his tummy situation. So, yeah. um, and same for humans, I think their probiotics are really good. And now there's a thing called prebiotics and now we're yes. seeing, um, some supplements that are, have also prebiotics. So why don't, do you want to explain what a prebiotic is versus a probiotic?
1: Yeah. And a prebiotic is the, you know, the goods that this, like the food for the probiotics. Um, so it's feeding the probiotics bacteria. Um, and yeah, and these terms, you know, it can be so interchangeable or, or new in prebiotics. Yeah. It feels kind of like a new thing for me to hear with, pet world. I mean, just cause mm-hmm. it's always pro, pro, pro probiotics. Um, but it's just basically the food for the, the probiotics. Um, there's naturally occurring prebiotics like, um, chicory root inulin you might see in some ingredients. Those are all prebiotic forms. Um, you know, I'm sure, like a host of other ones too, that my you know brain can't comprehend right now for things, but yeah, it's just basically feeding the, the probiotic bacteria. Is as their food source. Um, and you know, that's fine. Um, but I think probiotica has more of a an advantage um for it because we want to actually like repopulate. Um, but I get, you know, if there's no food for the probiotics, then you know, that's probably not not good. So you want to make sure you're getting the best of both worlds.
0: <laughs> for sure. And you know, speaking of convenience or traveling with your pet, of course, for many of our listeners who have, um, upland bird dogs, of course, they're going on numerous road trips to go, um, bird hunting. So for sure. taking raw food is I'm going to probably speak on behalf of most people. It's almost impossible. <laughs> right? Um, you can of course bring it in a freezer in a cooler if you're going a short distance and you have a refrigerator, wherever you're saying, and all of those things, but, right. um, Are you, you know, there's now other options. I also use these options like freeze dried patties that are basically, um, it's the ground meat and the bone and all of those things, but they, they freeze dry it. And then of course there's now air dried meat and, um, you know, for those that are wanting to stay on the convenience of feeding pets, um, is there a difference between a freeze dried and an air dried? If you, you know, even if you want to add that to a kibble diet or whatever, do you have a preference on either one of those for nutrition, uh, viability or are they both pretty much equal?
1: Yeah. So, you know, let's say you're, let's say, um, you know, somebody is doing a raw diet at home and, you know, they're going to take their animal traveling or like into the field. And yeah, of course, like a, a raw meat is just, that's just, yeah, that's not, Convenient at all. Um, I like the freeze dried raw foods. Like you're saying, you can do like they come in patty forms. There's nugget forms. um, There's they're even ground up too. That all you have to do is reconstitute them with some warm water or some bone broth, and then you have a complete meal uh, without the mess or the chaos of a of feeding a raw diet. Um, Clearly, you can also do your you know a good kibble too. That's completely fine. Um, and then air-dried is just, you know, the food that has not been um, extruded through high temperatures from um, the kibble factories and stuff, where it's just like kind of gently air-dried, gently dried along the um, conveyor belt. And that's, you know, fine too. Um, I think that would be better than a kibble because it hasn't been extruded and cooked beyond smithereens you know as a kibble has um but i think my preference would be you know if you're taking your dog into the field or on vacation um would to if you can would to be uh use the good um freeze-dried um or dehydrated raw food i that would be my that would be my preference
0: yes that's um i use that for bacon um he gets freeze-dried patties um, nice, All the time, it's kind of an easier way to supplement some of the raw food benefits oh, yeah. into. Um, but, you know, he's a small dog, so right. it's still affordable. I can understand if you have four dogs or three dogs oh, and they're yeah. all over 60 some pounds. I mean, oh, yeah. that bill is going to get high. Oh, really yes. High. <laughs> oh,
1: yes. Oh, yeah. I know. And yeah, it's like his pet food is on the rise or price is just like our human food, you
0: know? <laughs> yes, it <laughs> totally is.
3: I want to thank our friends at Connecticut Water. Connecticut. You know, it's been that sort of winter. No snow, very little cold where we are, and not a lot of time on the ice or the ski slopes. Heck, I've been too busy coaching youth hockey, and a funny thing, but the Shirk boys still never leave home without filling their water bottles. It's the Connecticut water. They tell me so. We have Connecticut whole home water systems, both at home and also at the cabin. We also install Connecticut's K5 drinking water system. And let me tell you, it makes a big difference. It is crazy to think that a water system could be a big deal, but it is. The Kinetico installations were quick and easy. And all of a sudden, no more stinky, foul well water. We have Kinetico soft water and also Connecticut's K5 drinking water. No more bottled water, just great drinking water right out of the K5 tap. Our laundry no longer smells funny, and Connecticut water cleaned up the showers and the dishes. The world's most efficient worry-free water system. Visit Kinetico.com to find a dealer near you and join the Connecticut family. Also, we want to give a shout out to Lakes Gas. Hey there, Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. Propane, it's clean, efficient fuel produced right here in the United States. Schedule your propane service with a friend. Lakes Gas, a family-owned provider serving the upper Midwest for more than 60 years. 54 convenient locations in Minnesota and Wisconsin, now with offices in North Dakota and South Dakota, too. Lakes Gas employees live in the communities they serve, so you can expect personalized service from professionals. Oh, and the Lakes Gas offers competitive pricing without all the extras that tend to drive up fuel prices. Safe, dependable service. Lakes Gas, the right choice for your home, business, or farm. Visit lakesgas.com and join the family. If you haven't experienced
2: all that the Minnesota Horse and Hunt Club has to offer, you're missing out. Located in Prior Lake, Minnesota, with pheasant hunting and dog training, 30 minutes from the Minneapolis Metro. The Horse and Hunt Club has full memberships available now and so much to offer. Besides Upland bird hunting year-round, they're open seven days a week. Triggers Bar and Grill has awesome food and great drink specials. Sunday brunch is always a favorite. Plus, live music and events are going on all the time. Bring your friends and try one of the heated sporting clay stands this winter. Go to horseandhunt.com for more information.
0: And is there, you know, uh, certain brands of kibble that you... and here just here's a disclaimer neither of us are tied to any sort of brands whatsoever this is all just personal opinion um of kibble that you prefer i you know i've heard um some conversation about kibble that has a lot of of course corn wheat soy if it's if a significant amount of it Mm
1: -hmm. how much
0: of glyphosate and pesticides are in your dog's food right and I had a French bulldog, um, before bacon, and this is a long story, so I won't get into it here. His (laughs) name name was also bacon. So (laughs) we have bacon the second now, um, but he got cancer at the age of six and it was really rare mouth cancer. It was terrible. It was during COVID and, um, and I had fed him, uh, a kibble diet for most of his life, which I did my best to find what I thought was the best one. And, Mm -hmm. um, I don't have any regrets doing that. I just, when I went to the oncology center, and this is the reason I'm saying this is at that point at the university of Minnesota, they told me that 50% of dogs get cancer five zero throughout their lifetime. And I, I personally knowing nothing, I personally just thought that number was really high. Yeah. And I'm like, is it, and I understand there are chemicals that are everywhere and there's chemicals i'm sure when dogs are walking on grass or what have you but is it part of what we're feeding dogs was just my thought and i and i didn't know if that amount of if there's high amounts of pesticides are there any research going into dog food that is testing any glyphosate or pesticides in dog food if it's mostly a kibble you know as far as having the corn the wheat and the soy etc yeah organic right
1: yeah, and, and I don't know because you know the pet food industry seems to be kind of secretive a lot. Um, you know, either on their formulations, their ingredient sourcing, all that stuff. Um, but you know, most of the if you're going to have a, a dog food with corn in it or wheat, most of it is going to be either be that genetically modified or heavily sprayed with Roundup because a lot of it's that field corn. You know, that you pat. You might be driving by and you pat, look over. It's this field corn that's heavily sprayed. Um, you know, unless you're feeding a really good non-GMO organic diet that specifically says, you know, this is where our our stuff comes from, it's not treated with this, you should expect to have for sure that you're gonna have some type amount of chemical residue that is in the food that, that you're feeding your pet. You know, just for like with us humans too, um, a lot of our, you know, they have like the what the clean 15 um, ingredients for like fruits and vegetables that is Very like the dumb. heavily, treated with, you know, pesticides um, and chemicals that you should be, you know, eating organic for certain things. Same thing with our animals too, you know, like it's just, it's sad. And a lot of stuff, like you said, you know, I'm so sorry that your dog, you know, got cancer and it's, it's out there, it's everywhere. And it's, it's, you know, to me, it's not acceptable. It's just, it's really not that our animals are getting so sick even us humans too are just getting so sick there's too much cancer out there and again and a lot of, and i'm always the one where it begins at your at your mouth you know it begins of of what is going into your mouth um so it's really like making sure that we do best by ourselves for our health and then also you know you can control what goes into your animals you know mouth too um but yeah it I, I just, you know, avoid all that corn, all that wheat, all those
0: soy products, because they are just so heavily treated with chemicals. Okay. So you just, yeah, that's what I thought. And I'm then oncology center by no means told me that it was the kibble that gave my dog cancer at all. I just yeah. was thinking, you know, i I myself, am very particular about, like you said, the clean 15 and really yeah. trying to buy organic where I can. And sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, it's not worth it. It mm-hmm. has a peel on it or something, yeah. yes. but, um, I just got me thinking, I'm like, is it possible that there is high amounts of chemicals in our, in the dog food that we, and of course, you know, even when you're feeding, um, raw food or some of the freeze dried patties, of course, we have to be honest here and say that it mm-hmm. has like some fruits and veggies in those, right. um, in the freeze dried patties, you see a lot of blueberries, you see a lot of apples, yeah, you see some broccoli, none of that I've read, any of it is organic, so right. that they can be there too. So it's just... Yeah kind of an interesting um observation i guess that i was making and how um how can we help and cut corners and as far as like having better nutrition for our pets when we can um
1: right it's like so pick your was, battles
0: yeah um, yeah so i didn't know if there um were certain brands that you feel are like great places to start for you know, kibble if you're gonna feed that, um, if you have an opinion on that. If
1: yeah, so I, you know, think like the good would be if you're doing a good a commercial dry kibble that does not have corn in it, that does not have wheat, that doesn't have soy products, that does not have animal byproducts, you know, you might see on some of the labels says chicken byproducts, it might say meat byproducts, or it just might say byproducts, which is like mystery meat stuff. Um, you know, or the, no added sugar um you know all that stuff there idea. and in a lot of the companies also use an ingredient splitting method where it'll be corn corn gluten meal whole grain corn like it's a lot of corn in there it's all the same thing you know it might say it three or four different times but it's just it's so heavily concentrated corn you're literally just feeding your dog corn um so stay at, like i always say stay away from that stuff it doesn't do your dog good it, it it's just you're wasting your money on yucky like chemical ridden corn that you're gonna have giant poops with your dog. You're gonna have, you know, take them to the vet for weird issues of allergies, you know, yeast infections. And like, you know, you, you don't wanna end up in an oncology um, consultation because your dog, you know, has succumbed to cancer. Like, just stay away from all that stuff for sure. Um, And, you know, there are like, do you want me to name
0: um, brands? I mean, yeah, we have no, there's no. Yeah. Correlation. I think this is all just opinion. So go ahead. Right. And um, everybody's like, there's a lot of fiery opinions about dogs. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I'm not, and then- you know, I'm not married to like
0: anything either. It's,
1: you know, as long as like, you know, there's good ingredients in there. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feed, like, currently, like, I feed my dogs either Origin it's O-R-I-J-E-N, or yep. Acana, A-C-A-N-A. It's the same company. Um, one just has more meat protein in it. That would be the origin side. Um, and then Acana has just a little bit, like, more of, like, the um, fruit and vegetables in there. That's, like, the difference. So there's just a bit more of a price difference with that. Um, I like those. I've fed those things a lot over the years. Um Uh, Lotus is also a brand that um, they use like a baked kibble. So instead of being um, the high temperature cooking um, kibble, they bake their kibble. Um, That's not bad too. Um, It's just, yeah, (laughs) there's always so many things that come on market. I'm like, I try to keep up (laughs) there. And then there's a um, brand called Carnivore out of, um, gosh, I think they're like a Canadian based company, I I feel like, Um, but they use like no synthetic, Um, vitamins, minerals, anything in their food. They're pretty clean food, Um, but it also comes with a high price tag too. Um, And so if you're just looking like to start out, there are some good commercial kibbles that just make sure, just don't buy the corn, the wheat, the soy, the byproducts, stay stay away from all that stuff. Um, That's just a a huge difference for
0: um, feeding your pet. Yes, and there's also, Certain breeds too that have been having some sensitivities to sweet potato that is in dog food, so that I believe is breed dependent, isn't it? And mm. that's a whole nother veterinary topic. But there is yeah. some pushback on the sweet potato, um, that's in some kibble based on heart disease or heart problems or something. Have you heard of that? Oh,
1: either? you know, I, well, I think that. Well, so that whole no, DCM sure. controversy has okay. been debunked, so there is no um, merit to all that stuff. Oh, but okay. If, good. Yeah. The, um, but there, if people are worried about the sweet potato thing, I think that might just be, if it's coming from like more of a carbohydrate, um, issue, like I understand that and that's fine, but I don't think feeding a little bit here and there is a problem. You know, too much of Fair. a good thing is always a bad thing, but Fair. I mean, they has good vi- like vitamin and nutrients in the sweet potato, but you know, just don't make it most of their, most of their meal.
0: Yes. Very true. That's all great advice. Yeah. It's, I think it's helpful for people to hear, um, as a nutritionist, what brands that you love and that you feel are high quality brands, and if you can um, squeeze some of that into your your dog's diet or a little bit of raw here and there. And mm-hmm. um, and there's a, you know I think the raw food world too is also not only can you purchase it at um, pet food stores now, but there's a lot of mom and pop shops locally, like supporting local shops that are doing raw food, um, for dogs locally. So you can find some of those places. A lot of times the prices are of course cheaper because, um, they are a smaller, um, business and Mm -hmm. you can just buy a can of whatever and give a couple tablespoons here and there, what have you. But and also with, uh, the raw food diet, it allows you to switch up proteins. And I, Think um I'd love to talk about that too, how it actually is important to switch up proteins to prevent food allergies and intolerances, I should say. Oh yeah. From developing. And that's the same with humans as well. Like if we become food intolerant, many times it's because we've been eating it every single day for five years. Right. Um, like that happened to me with raspberries and almonds. Yeah. Oh, no. so I was drinking almond milk forever. Oh, no um so it can
1: happen with your pet too <laughs> yes 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 yeah because it's like I, i've always heard the thing like if you ate cheerios every single day of your life you know like just the only thing you ate you would definitely have an intolerance or an allergy to that you know down the road because you're just it. it, it that's all that you're just getting into your system all the time yes. and a lot of people with their animals you know they they don't know, and it's fine, you know. Like if they only feed chicken, like they might just buy the same exact bag of food every single month or or so, and it's always just chicken or it's always just beef. Well, you know, if you're feeding that same brand, the same formulation over and over, day in day out, yeah, I mean, there can be some issues that arise for sure. Um, so I always recommend switching, you know, if like if you can, you know, buy smaller bags of of the kibble. And switch up that protein like every bag, every month or so, like just to keep them coming back to the bowl. Because a lot of dogs too, you might get a picky dog and they're like, they don't want to eat. Well, like how long have they been eating that food? They don't want to eat it. But if you keep them guessing, they're going to get super excited to see what's in their bowl at feeding time that, you know, they're going to be like, whoa, you're the best mom in the world or dad in the world.
0: (laughs) For sure. I, I personally feel like it's important to switch up the proteins, um, yeah, just based off of not getting some sort of intolerance to it. And of course they all have different nutrition profiles too. You know, some have a little higher fat content, some have, you know, leaner content. And, um, I just personally feel like it's good to switch it up, but, um, I wanted to get your professional opinion on that just because I know in humans, it can certainly cause issues. So if you're having issues and you're, you know, (laughs) having almond milk every single day or whatever, you might want to yeah. take a break from it for a little bit and see how you feel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yes. Sarah, this has been um, a wealth of information. Oh, and um, I appreciate you being on the podcast today. Is um, Where can our listeners find you if they have more questions on Pet nutrition or if they want to work with you specifically on their pets um, specific issues uh, where can they find you?
1: Yeah um, my website would be great it's bonafidepetnutrition.com um, and I don't I've been a little lackluster on my social media but I do have on um, Instagram um, bonafidepetnutrition on there as well but I'm always available by email as well. I'm happy to answer questions, um, anything like that. So, yeah, I just, you know, I I like to help. So, any way I can.
0: Awesome. Well, I saw the testimonies that were um, written about you on, I think it was, where did I find it? It was like Petworks or something. Um, and a lot of people had wonderful things to say about working with you and um, helping their pets' health just by. Tweaking a couple of things when it came to nutrition. So,
1: oh, thank you, know, you.
0: Yes, I keep doing the good work to keep our dogs' health and longevity and in a good place because, of course, all of us would love for our dogs to live a long and healthy life. Um, right. We love them so much.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you can only do as much as you know, you can. So little tweaks here and there, it's completely fine. You don't have to go and completely just go and spend all your money on raw food or anything like that. Like do the best you can with what you can do. I mean, really like your animal loves you no matter what, you know, and just by changing and tweaking a few things here and there, I mean, you're doing such, such amazing things for their health. And, you know, I'm always happy to help give just little bits of advice here and there. So yeah, everybody's doing a great job.
0: (laughs) So true. And I think, you know, really the most important thing is making sure your pets don't get overweight. Oh yeah. And that's like, you want to keep your dog in good health for a long time, keep them in good shape. And that is just based off of calorie content. So, um, you know, that's, you see some dogs running running around. I was like, "Ooh, that dog is needs a little bit of a diet," Um, but really, it's just it's better for their joints. It's better for their longevity, and you yes. know, you know, you want your dog to live a long time. So,
2: absolutely, um, even they're
0: giving you those puppy eyes for another oh, yeah. bite of food. Oh yeah, like they
1: didn't. We haven't eaten all day. You no, know, know. we just <laughs> fed them. <Yeah.
0: laughs> I know it's funny. <laughs> like they, they don't have that off button when it comes to food. They're like, "No, I can take more."
1: Oh. Yes, I know. And I'm sure a lot of, you know, if your listeners are Labrador owners, like, like ours, like they really yes. were trying to tell us like we, but we didn't eat yet today. And you're like, I, I just fed you. <laughs> so, true.
0: so true. Well, oh. uh, thank you again for hopping on the podcast. And my pleasure. Um, hopefully, I'm sure we'll have more nutrition questions down, down the line here. So we, we have you on again for uh, more healthy food talk for your pets. I would love it, Laura. Thank you so
1: very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, you have a great rest of your day.
0: You too. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Sarah. And also thank you to our newest sponsor, Your Boat Club, as well as Minnesota Horse and Hunt Club, Connecticut, Lakes Gas, Star Bank, and Minnesota DNR. Last but not least, remember, introduce a kid to the great outdoors. (music)